Welcome to Creative Couch, a series of podcasts about demystifying uh, innovation. This is our third podcast. Today, we're going to be focusing on innovation at board level. And we have three guests on the couch today. We have Ben Gleisner, who's the CEO of Kogo. We have Suze Reynolds, who is chair of Angel Association. And we have Professor Margaret Melipetti, who is the PVC, the Pro Vice Chancellor at the College of Creative Arts at Massey University. Welcome. Thank you. Good to have you here with us. Uh, I'll just give you the opportunity to tell us a little bit about more what those titles actually mean and what your jobs are. Ben, do you want to kick us off? Sure thing. Um, so Ben, uh, CEO of Kogo, also a director on the board, so I do hold that board seat. Um, we're a technology company that helps individuals and businesses to understand their impact in the world. You know, we all see climate change, plastic waste, inequality, you name it, as big issues and our company helps empower people to understand what they can do about it and encourage them to take action. Fantastic. Thank you for being here. Oh, good. Cool. Suze. And I, yeah, I work in early stage venture capital, been in that space for about a decade now, still a little bit inclined to think of myself as a used diplomat because that was my previous incarnation. But I love this space, um, helping um, and supporting uh, companies like Benz um, to get the capital, the fuel they need to grow fast. Um, I should probably out that I am a nano shareholder in Kogo, which I'm super proud of. Um, and Kogo exemplifies why I love this space so much, um, really going hard out to create exponential impact and value. So that's what I'm doing in this space. I absolutely love it. My other deep passion is to get sort of New Zealandness out to the world. And I think our startups are a neat way of doing that. So, yeah. New Zealandness. Maybe we can pick away at that later on as well. Innovative New Zealandness. Yeah, innovative New Zealandness. 100%. <laughs> Thanks, Suze. Uh, Professor Margaret Malipetti. Yeah. So I look after essentially the College of Creative Arts, which is a faculty within Massey University that sits across um, pretty much all the creative disciplines you would think about. And what we do is we train undergraduates, postgraduates, work with industry to really advance the creative industries within New Zealand and to put you know fantastic creatives out in the world to drive innovation so it's a it's a really unique uh, grouping of disciplines that we have and um yeah i'm new to the role but i'm very excited about it fantastic well thank you again i can't uh, star-studded couch today so we're gonna have a good conversation uh so just to recap in this series we've looked at some questions about what is innovation uh why is it important how can it be useful for your organization to to succeed what are some of the barriers that that, that sits in front of that innovation journey uh, but today though we're going to focus on something that's come up quite a lot as in does innovation need to be both top down and bottom up with a bit of a focus on that on that board level is it important is it necessary to have uh, well i'm not going to use the word mindset but is it yeah. important to have innovation whatever capacity you want to, yeah. to to describe it at that board level yeah i think it really is we have um i guess a startup uh, in kogo which in many ways sort of innovates daily and some of the more larger companies might not see that sort of fast paceness that maybe suits to innovation a bit more but yeah we as a board are definitely clear on defining those goals um, that the sort of team ultimately are being held to account to. But we all, all try as a board to make sure that there are opportunities for them to then take away uh, an opportunity to go and, you know, think creatively about the solutions. So I think the board has both a role to set those sort of goals and be clear on what objectives the company is trying to achieve but needs to allow the teams and management to have a chance to sort of go a little bit out and do it themselves. And the second thing is probably the board in our case, has a sort of 10% of the work we do to be really sort of crazy, I guess, in some ways, like not just being 
run of mill, same old business model, same old product stuff. And so we try and almost build an innovation sort of allotted time and resource uh, so we can think outside the box about new ideas that we're going to be working on. So I think, yeah, the board needs to set that, um, you know, I guess almost opportunity for the team to innovate, but also giving them room to also think completely outside the box. So in our previous podcast, uh, the CEO of Creative HQ, Catherine Jones, mentioned a lot about this word permission. Yes. Is that is that what you're talking exactly, about? Exactly, yeah. And I think that there's two of those permissions I'd say we think about, which is let the board focus on those strategic goals and objectives. So all aligned, we're about to do our annual plan right now, so it's very topical. So we, we all are aligned on those, those goals, but the strategies and the how... Um, I think needs to there needs to be permission to experiment, to work out different ways, to iterate fast, all the things that in my mind I think about when I think innovation, so that um, it's not set in stone that you know there's a way of doing things. That's number one. And then secondly, it's permission to say we don't know what might be coming along the horizon of, of the new product or a new way of doing you know basically the business as a whole. So give permission to the team to go out there and think of the next three business models and stuff. So it's definitely. It's a really good word, yeah, permission. Yeah. But can I ask a question? Sure. So when you're talking about innovation at the board level, yeah. then are, it sounds to me, but maybe I'm not hearing correctly, that it's more about the board giving permission yep. for innovation to happen within, you know, the the, the, the ground, you yeah. know, the, the people and the teams. Or do you actually see the, the innovation board. practice across the board or as a it's board? A good question, yeah, because, yeah, that is all the former, which is, I mean, and just jump in like, mm. Boards don't have a heap of time, right? So the idea yeah. that suddenly they're going to create like massive innovation sort of work streams that they themselves will be sort of participating in, I think is a, is a difficult sort of assumption. I do think though the board and how it operates innovation, I think we talked about like it's not just about being on Zoom and having online, you know, I guess meetings that, you know, may be innovative back in the day. But it's things like, you know, all the information being shared within the company. So transparency, I think it's pretty innovative. So I think there's some policies that the board can agree on and ways of operating. But I think really the job primarily of the board is to give that permission for the, for the company as a whole to sort of, you know, practice innovation. You know, the way I love thinking about it is um, with the notion of leadership. And there was a really neat KPMG study that said 70% of the success of innovation's execution and delivery is around leadership. And the other 30% is around the process and the people and how you're kind of executing and delivering on that innovation. And I think the board's role, um, and particularly the chair, is to provide that leadership. And I think I almost prefer leadership over permission. Permission kind of suggests mm. that it's something a bit scary naughty, and something naughty. And naughty <laughs> and that, you know, you, might, you have to yeah. have kind of the box ticked before you can surge on. Yeah. Although that said, you know, a big part of the board's role is around risk mitigation. Yeah. So it's finding ways and channels and processes again. I'm not mm. even terribly fond of the word process because that, you know, suggests a bit of rigidity as it well. Does, yeah. But how you how you deliver it. And my, my sort of lens that I see innovation through is all about value creation and how and who are we creating value for and how are we going to do that in a way that just excites them and energizes and makes the world a better place mm. when you say excites them, them so mm. who's them everybody who's going to be benefiting delivering from the innovation those people who are delivering it those people who are being the beneficiaries of it you want them to be jazzed and kind of thrilled about it and um, doing things differently and more productively and more creatively and more kind of with with the sort of intergenerational kind of lens on it 
balance so that we are making the world a better place. That's yeah. the nub of it for me. That's awesome. Uh, Margaret, moving, moving to you with, with what's been said there, you know, that word values come through a lot in previous podcasts. And now we've, we've reintroduced the word leadership as well. Whenever you look at boards, which obviously operate in a slightly different way within that academic sphere that, mm. that, that, you, that you live within, do, do you feel that leadership value, are they, are they continuous with innovation? Do you see them as, as, as being part of that conversation? Yeah, I have a few thoughts I'm just wrestling with at the moment. And one is not all boards are created equal. (laughs) And um, different organizations, different sizes require different approaches. So I think if you're imagining your role on a board with a, a, a... you know, a high growth company that's come out of a startup, that is very different than being, let's say, on the council of a university. And, and, you know, the relationship between a kind of bottom up um, innovation culture and a top down innovation culture and what the role of the board is vis a vis that are all quite different. So, as you say, you know, in, in the academic realm and universities, you know, we're very big, very bureaucratic, um, you know, rather traditional institutions. So, innovation there would sit in a different way than it would, let's say, in, in, in Ben's realm. And I think, I think there is a role for leadership, particularly in bigger, more conservative um, industries at the board level, to to embolden I didn't want to use hmm. permission <laughs> embolden <laughs> innovation yeah. in an authentic way because yeah. I find often what can be slightly problematic uh, is that innovation is a Sounds you good. know buzzword yes. mm. hashtag mm. Um, and and very popular and mm. everybody wants to have it in their strategic strategic plans <gasps> right and then it might actually boil down to some sort of new uh, you know software uh, that that's been purchased for the organization and mm. that the people who really know how to innovate aren't asked mm-hmm. right so so I think the more we can get that that activism at the board level to say like what what does innovation mean and start mm. to embolden a culture I think is I love that because I get really kind of I don't know what not irritated that's overstating it a bit but you know we all have it's like commercialization and productivity it's like when you say to someone go and paint the paint the fence green everybody's a different version of what that green fence is going to look like and so I do with it and I don't think we want to go down that particular rabbit hole because we have talked a little bit about what innovation will you have already what innovation is but it is really important to understand what you all mean by that have a bit of a sense and it's not necessarily you'll sit around and discuss what it means it can be seen in how you behave and how you respond to things and how you respond to each other and your the way that you work with each other working in partnership and collaboration that's so important if you're going to be innovating well um so, well, let's 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 unpack that a little bit more because I I, I think we're we're all nodding quite you know quite <laughs> vigorously there. Well, uh, moving too much. Yeah, yeah, it was squeaky. <laughs> but, but you know, you want you want to create a culture of innovation at a board level that emboldens uh, emboldens a culture, yeah. but. Is that not by giving some sort of definition? Is there not some value in creating some sort of definition about how do you understand innovation to be uh, and not being shy of doing that? Or well, it's not that even how, I mean, you have to understand, I think, what the end point of it is, Bef- you know, almost in a way before you start defi- defining what it is, because there's no point in doing all this innovating if you don't know what it is you're trying to achieve with it, is there? I don't know. Well, I mean, I, I think back to the point of like, what are you trying to achieve? That should be a pretty, you know, every board should have mm. a plan mm. um, and sign this off and agree on the sorts of outcomes that 
they want to see. I think then this is where the innovation that would come in is like, you then need to be able to provide or embolden people to say, right. look, you go away and do some experimenting, do collaboration, do things in a way that, you know, it's almost the how, like how right. to go about delivering against a certain goal. And I think so if the board, you know, allows that, you know, I guess thinking to happen, it would almost like, you know, you, you get the result in the end, you get always measure back to value. So always measure back to, okay, we've got this goal in the business. Mm -hmm. We've got two ways we've been doing it in the past. Mm. Let's try and invent another way of doing the thing mm. and then just measure, you know, effectiveness of those things. It's like, well, is this new innovative way of doing things actually delivering value to the people at a, what, a lower cost or a, whatever the mm. metric is? And I think mm. it, if it comes down to, yeah, that it's almost like a, yeah, you end up with that culture of people trying things out and experimenting. And, yeah. Let's yeah, hold and that I thought think, and then go to Margaret. Yeah, yeah the, ultimately, I think... It, at least in, in the academic realm, you know, mm. a lot of time can be wasted trying to define innovation, mm. and there's lots of different theories, but it, it's really about the practice, and yeah. I think mm. that's what you're saying, Ben. Yeah. It's like, what is happening, and how are people working, and how does the, um, you know, the, the company, and it's, I hate to sort of use this word, but like, honestly, the incentives, so mm -hmm. what are yeah, the incentives sure. that are built into the company, sure. and are built into how the employees, or, you know, the team works, and are the incentives, or the KPIs, or what have yep. you, in the right place, aligned with the values yep. you want to achieve, because yep. you've got to have the alignment across those, and then allow people to find the right way forward to get those. And I think that's where you get that kind of emboldened culture of innovation. 100%, yep. Mm. Yeah. So I mean, I don't think we shy away from that word incentivization. I think it, I think it is important. Yeah. And it leads, does lead on to what you were starting to scratch out yeah. there a little bit, Ben, which was around the KPIs, sure. your mm. innovation KPIs. Because I would imagine a lot of boards get a little bit nervous because we have so many nuances to what innovation is. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it could be this nebulous thing, as you say, that some people just throw into a values list or into a strategic <laughs> good, document. Yeah. Yeah, innovation value. Oh exactly. But all of you have indicated that there needs to be some sort of out, you know, outcome, some yeah. sort of end goal to to this. We've talked about incentivization. We've talked about KPIs. I'd like to unpack this a little bit more now, and I'll go to Margaret first of all. So, I mean, incentivization. I could ask for it. You did. <laughs> <laughs> you, <go>. you know, <laughs> incentivization can work in two ways, can't it? Because it can be intrinsic and extrinsic. I mean, you, but you, you mentioned it in terms of using innovation as an ability to to motivate the staff, the team, uh, the organization to be innovative, uh, while at the same time looking outside at some of the KPIs that you could create around innovation. Am I reading that correctly? Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's, you know, what do you want to achieve? And, and, and where does the value come from that? So, for example, in my last role, I was at the University of Technology, Sydney, and part of my portfolio there was entrepreneurship and innovation. And so the vice chancellor wanted, you know, all the students to have an entrepreneurial experience. So, you know, how do you do that? That's like a big kind of crazy goal because there's 40,000 students. Um, but part of it was, all right, let's, let's come up with a KPI and understand what's a, you know, an entrepreneurial experience. And then how do we, how do we make that happen? So it wasn't like we were told, here's what you're supposed to do and you're just doing it, but we were given this pretty massive goal. So there's the freedom to move in the practice of innovation to figure out how to deliver on that. Um, but there's also, the motivation and the kind of intrinsic, um, visible uh, KPI 
So, you know, so we, we, we came up with a, a very, you know, sort of light hand touch to get to as many students as possible. And, you know, it was really, it was really successful. And, and so we, how did you measure that? Like, what did it look, what were you measuring when it came to we've touched, you got 40,000 students, oh, it turns out. 27,000 of them did something entrepreneurial. Yeah, yeah, well, first we came up with a, a, a well, okay, a couple things. One, mm. what's an entrepreneurial experience? Mm. And then two, um, startups, because my head of entrepreneurship, he was really uh, committed to Murray Herp's uh, mm. having students start startups because oh, he said cool. the only way yeah. you really learn to totally. be an entrepreneur yeah. is starting a startup. Mm. So to do that, it was sort of your basic definition. Do you have a you know substantial market? Do you have a way to scale? You know, And, and do you have a, a plan on how to do mm. that? Mm. Um, and you had to be a student that was registered. And then you could just sign up as a startup. Mm. And then you could come into the co-working space. You could meet with the industry mentors. And you know we went from probably 12 startups when we started mm. to over 400. Wow, that is within super like cool. two years. Yeah. yeah, that's innovative. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and 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 one of the things that everyone was surprised with, particularly in the university sector, is that traditionally there's a desire to pick the winners. Mm -hmm. Say, okay, we're going to have all the students pitch, and then we're going to fund you oh, know yeah. four companies and give them X amount of money to get through. And and um, Murray's point of view is always you can't actually pick the winners mm -mm. um that the, the market will eventually do that or 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 you know the the, the audience so it just back everybody um make the the barrier as as low as possible and as easy as possible to to get in mm. so that worked really really well but it, it it everyone you know especially within within the industry at the time academia was like oh they hadn't really thought about not just funding the the best ideas, but sort of mm. funding all the ideas, and so I think in a way that was came up about because we had a clear kind of very hard to achieve outcome mm -hmm. that required that process of innovation where you think you know you turn it around three sixty and really understand the problem and how to get there. So, so I think it does help to have a combination of both to really have a, a you know a, a, a hard to reach objective and then have the permission mm -hmm. or or the the ability to to do things differently mm. yeah. that's awesome so, so it's mean looking at that model which obviously mm -hmm. was hugely successful yeah. you, you know within you said on a number of boards as ben's already alluded to mm. um do you see that as a model that could be replicated i was just yeah when you were talking about that i was thinking how do you put that in a governance context like could you like i mean at the nub of that is really groovy ideas that those students were going yeah. to have to kind of execute on and see if they could make them fly and so the sim most simplistic way i went to that was you know like could you in a in a um, in a startup or any kind of i mean i actually want to bring more of a startup ethos to our conventional corporate kind of boards as well because there's just so much kind of energy and enthusiasm and sort of you're hunting for groovy ways to do things and so is there something in you know setting a culture of everybody has to bring a neat idea to I don't know if it's a weekly yeah. thing or it's mm -hmm. to every board meeting every every director is kind of tasked with look you're part of this organization we want to see it shine and be amazing so every time we have a board meeting you have to bring something that's kind of new and innovative different way of doing things maybe a new product and we test them all, you know, we, and that maybe just starts that. You can't have that going on all the time. It yeah. needs to be set within some kind of constraints and process so that you're not just all sitting there fluffing about with Getting too ideas. operational. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. which some board members do, I think, tend to have mm -hmm. a desire to get more involved. And there is this totally. tension between the yeah. setting strategy. I mean, 
one point that was raised was around like KPIs for innovation. Mm-hmm. I don't think a separate KPI personally works, or I would no. not. I, I think it's a tendency for maybe some boards to like think we've got to have an innovation one and think about mm-hmm. the metrics of it. I would try and put it inside oh, your yeah. way of achieving totally. your current goals and yeah. I don't think of it as like another thing that gets done it's just a different way of doing the things you're currently doing to and achieve it needs the goals. to be done in a whole yeah, it's like when it. people say have you got a diversity equity and inclusion mm, policy and correct. it's like yeah tech we've done that no. and no that's completely missing the point yeah, about yeah. inclusion and diversity and all of that kind of stuff it has to be a part way of, of things, yeah. yeah part of all the things you're doing what if what if I were to challenge that and sure. say that the risk of, of uh, almost letting it be swallowed into sure. BAU means that you know, it's not actually. Where's the accountability for it? Mm-hmm. Does it? Does it just uh, let innovation sit at the margins still? Yeah, yeah, I, think, I, 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 I disagree. Yeah, yeah me yeah. too. Yeah, Good. I'll be sure you're just you know throwing an incentive on us to <laughs> disagree. But yeah, I think mm-hmm. it, it is like the risk of it is the other way around. That if it is something on the side, it just doesn't really ever get traction or mm-hmm. get adoption and get sort of you know you actually can't have someone owning it separately, a bit like diversity or other mm. sort of, you know, say, cross-cutting issues. Innovation needs to sit as a way of doing things within all the teams that are delivering on the goal. So thinking about the university example, um, you'd imagine this is a strategy. I'd argue with how much the board gets involved to, mm. you know, in some of the specific, totally, like, yeah. delivery. In this one, I'd probably say, look, the board might say, we need to retain or we need to attract, you know, mm. people to the university. And then, you know, there will be strategies that then will be deployed to do that. And this one sounds like a good innovative idea to try and, I don't know, I suppose, showcase that being part of this university, you end up with these great experiences. I don't know how the rationale, but it feels like the board's job is to, yeah, set those strategies. I wouldn't also oh, set those goals. And a goal on innovation just feels a bit like at risk of just being, I don't know, like not properly integrated. Tacked on. Yeah, tacked on. And, and, hmm. But then I think it is important, though, to say then the accountability must be with everyone who is delivering on certain goals and the company as a whole would need to make sure that it's not just, oh, we've done this last year and we're doing the same this year. There needs mm-hmm. to be, I guess, a sort of accountability around just experimentation, like the sorts of like how to go about doing it needs to be able to be measured against rather than just it being something that's, you know, one person's responsibility. And I get kind of like, in thinking about how you measure it, there are all sorts of, you know, classic things that you can measure, like, you know, the inputs, how many people are have job titles with innovation in them or something along those kinds of lines. And then there's the the outputs, is there, how much revenue are we getting and what is the bottom line looking like? But actually, I think it needs to be, I'm a big one for softer kind of metrics, like how's, what's the kind of NPS kind of, you know, mm-hmm. um, kind of sentiment in the organisation. Are people coming to work feeling really pumped and maybe even just a little bit afraid because this is a bit scary? But then if they're a little bit afraid, what's around that that everybody thinks it's okay to be a little bit afraid here because we've got we've got the, we are emboldened mm-hmm. um, and we have leadership that supports and shows us. Taking risk is okay. Taking risk is okay yeah. and yeah. all of that kind of stuff. C- communication and understanding how you kind of go about mitigating that risk because I often think we we hear risk and we think shit it's like leaping off a cliff um, without a parachute on it's so not risk in a startup context is about doing brave and amazing things but and then figuring out how you mitigate it to give it the best chance of being achieved so that people aren't hurt in the process there is a definite trend towards like wanting to protect people that attract people that are okay around risk mm. um, because it does enable them to make decisions that are like unproven and mm. and again that's part of innovation in my mind is doing stuff that you have a little bit less certainty about and so again I agree that there's a mm. culture the board could actually do would be to say 
it is, you know, we, we do want to make sure we have some ability and appetite for risk generally as a company. And so that is also about the hiring and the people that you um, are looking to bring in. See, I, this is what I, I, I think is so important is that, and this is why I was struggling a little bit with the idea of innovation at the board level, is that yeah. it's if, if boards were practicing innovation regularly, they might not do the job as a board as well as they should. Yeah, yeah. The, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't I, think so. It, yeah. I think it would depend, too, mm. on, on, on the situation. Yeah. 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 But I think it's boards that understand innovation mm. and work to protect and encourage that, you know, but I guess if, if I'm seeing innovation as a practice, maybe mm. that's where it's different because mm. you kind of need the, the structure and the, the guidance of mm -hmm. the board. Mm. You need, yeah, they just, at that higher level and, you know, not necessarily get involved with, I mean, I'm happy for board members, as you'll know, one of them we have to come in with <laughs> ideas of just like crazy <laughs> ideas and it's good to have, mm. you know, that push. And so I do think board, when it can be managed properly, do need to sort of get involved, you know, on some things. If there's a back the other way around, uh, an invitation or permission from the team to be like, yeah, come on, board member, come and help us out with this thing. But I do think your point's right. At some boards, you know, it might feel like the majority of the stuff they're doing, there's almost like constraints around it, mm. its ability to be innovative. It's like you just have to report financially, this, whatever it is. Like there's yeah. some pretty standard um, things that may make it difficult for a board to think that, you know, they can think innovatively. Yeah, but if you just yeah. think about the Institute yeah. of Directors, they have four pillars of governance and they're still kind of anchored in um, being careful. Governance yeah. kind of yeah. has the sentiment that we are keeping everybody safe. We've got a strategy and we keep everybody on strategy. We've got compliance that we've got to look out for. And so we make sure everybody's complying and keeping within the rules. And, mm. and, it's, and that's all right and good, but there does need to be a bit of loosening of that to understand why do we have all those things mm. in that place. It's because we want the company to be successful and doing great things for the universe. Mm. And the world is changing. That whole kind of backward looking, let's do things carefully. We haven't got time to be too, too careful anymore. Mm. You know, we've got to kind of get with the program and, and make some changes that the world is kind of more and more desperate for. Yeah. And I think this is the leadership um, you know, the yeah, essence yeah, yeah. you were talking about earlier, because I think uh, this opinion, okay, mm. disclosure. Um, <laughs> what are you here for? <laughs> the innovation works really well when the people who are day to day facing the challenges or meeting the customers or you know mm. dealing with the bureaucracy mm. have the ability to to, to innovate. Mm. Like it, that, it doesn't sit at the board, but mm. but the board needs to essentially allow it. Mm -hmm. When we've talked about and 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 to really celebrate it because. Mm. What often I've seen happen in, in, in these bigger organizations is that there'll be lots of will and desire to innovate, but it, it hits the ceiling, you mm -hmm. know, and gets turned back around and, mm -hmm. and you know, is handled by somebody externally. Or, right. Or and then I think then, you, then it's frustrated really quickly. So mm -hmm. it's that how does how do boards better? I think allow for those 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 bottom up channels mm -hmm. of innovation to really get oxygen. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I mean, one practical approach which I we don't do, but thinking about the bigger boards, have their risk committees to actually have like you know a, a question on this innovation. So I don't think it needs to be a KPI, but the board could have you know a, a committee that thinks about innovation to think about cross cutting across the organisation, which is are we allowing enough flexibility for people to go out there and do things? And can you I don't know come to the board and have a little presentation from somebody in the team each month that comes and presents something that has done new and things. Just a way of actually maybe formalizing it so you don't have your like innovation KPI sort of outside, but you do have something at the board level that makes it a bit more tangible than just, 
I will just let the team sort of get on with it. So there's actually a way. But yeah, just thinking, I mean, Yeah, and that's that thing around, you know, the risk and reward piece is that I wish we would call those committees. They were no longer audit and risk. They were, mm. you know, audit and reward or risk and reward or something Incentive like that. Innovation, yeah. Yeah, and innovation. Yeah. I mean, even that's kind of like, we've got to, yeah, we've got to jazz that up. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, two things. I want to come back in a minute to your, your question that you actually asked. How can boards allow those innovation channels bottom up to get oxygen. So I want to come back to that. But I also just want to go back to a comment that was made in the in the previous podcast, which is tied into what you're saying. And I'm, you're almost pushing back against what they proposed. And I'd like to, to, to hear your thoughts. And that was that one of the biggest barriers that innovation has is fear. Uh, and that fear could be around resourcing. That fear could be around a lack of confidence. It could be it could be a million different things. And what was discussed was that the one way to mitigate that fear is through the KPIs, is, is by actually saying, okay, we're going to set these goals and we're going to be accountable to those goals. And, you know, I, I did a little bit of research on what some companies do in this space. And there's a the return on innovation investment, which could be, uh, implemented innovation per person, the percentage of employees trained in innovation processes, number of innovations that significantly differentiate the existing business, the number of innovations that disrupt existing business, number of new products or services, number of problems or opportunities discovered, uh, visible solutions, prototypes, and it goes on and on and on. And those are some of the KPIs that... I still, I still think um, the reason my brow furrows when you read those out is they all great but they will all suffer from definitional angst and they can be gamed like any KPI mm. can. And so you still come back, I think, to you know really appreciating um, the personality type and the, the feeling that you have to have inside you and the, I mean, I'm coming to use that nasty word permission now, but you know, <laughs> that, that um, kind of acceptability that this is just how we roll in this organization we're trying to create huge value and we're going to have to be brave and take some risks but there are some huge rewards in that and here's how we're going to keep everybody safe um, and in the right kind of channel as we take those risks if you yeah so that risk yeah. and reward yes yeah. risk and reward again yeah, yeah, yeah i think yeah being incentivized i guess they're quite output focused mm. them all up but um there was definitely a few in there which i would be like oh yeah we're doing those things though so in other words when we're thinking about how to you know get customer acquisition we are thinking about developing new ways of approaching it so not it's not just what we did last year it's what we did last year with a slight tweak and then maybe one thing that's new um, that we haven't done before so and that might be defined in this thing as like a um you know a tick in that box like you're doing mm -hmm. something new so i guess in some ways i don't think it's bad it's just on its own is not going to work it has uh -huh. to ultimately go back to yes, are you actually getting yeah. more customer mm -hmm. you know acquisition or are you finding more enrollments uh, mm -hmm. at the university you know on the back yeah. of it so that ability to drive the sort of value creating thing back to the let's say intervention, say an innovation type program, I think is probably, you know, particular strategy, I think is the critical thing for the board to be focused on because you can tick a lot of boxes to say things are happening and innovating, but mm -hmm. in the end, it ultimately has to be driving towards a result. And for people to feel like they're not just doing these little innovative things on the side, that they're actually contributing to the goal of the business is really important. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So I just want to interject because I think this is so important, at least to me, <laughs> is that when you're trying to count, you know, and understand innovation, if you're doing it qua innovation, it's mm. really 
um, not so great. Mm -hmm. But when you do it around impact, well, how are mm -hmm. the activities that you're doing creating impact, mm -hmm. value, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. uh, and making something better, you know, uh, more sustainable, what have yeah. you. So I think there's a danger when we focus on innovation as an outcome itself, yeah. but mm -hmm. but is the innovation in service of, of increased like value. That's where yeah. I think, that's where the mistake is often made when it gets sidelined to its own sort of category. Yeah. Well, the other way that when one of the companies that I'm working with called Narrative Muse, we talk about, um, or we've talked about how do you, who are we bringing joy to? And mm. there's that kind of notion, and, and that's not going to fit in every paradigm, but I kind of like that notion of who are we bringing joy to because it, it underscores the point I think you were making is we're not doing this just for its own sake. We're doing it because we want to make things better. An outcome, yeah. An outcome. Yeah. Yeah. And figuring, and it's not just you know, necessarily just for your customers, because all of those old, you know, textbooks say if you just purely focus on your customer and then there's, then you're not going to, you might not necessarily have a happy team. And then if you don't have a happy team, your customer's not going to get, be, you know, getting the joy that they, you know, truly could as well. So there's that whole kind of piece about this. It needs to be down into everybody's bone marrow in terms of how they're doing it, why they're doing it, for what purposes. Mm. And that's why the board, having that leadership piece, I really like mm. that, that 70% mm. of the success of, you know, the outcomes from innovation are driven by leadership is kind of says a lot about what innovation is mm. and the point that you were just making, right? Mm. But back to, like, the fear or the point you're at, like, mm. there's some sort of, like, you know, the reason it's not happening is because there's no, I guess, I guess, permission wrong word but mm. something around giving people a chance <laughs> mm. is that i think that there needs to be an acceptance and so in our example with the board there literally is 10 percent of the company working on things that are not like deliver a certain outcome mm. in this year they're basically think about the new things that could be delivering outcomes in a year or two time so it's not like we're not looking for revenue lines out of these things we're not whatever it is it's basically like yeah i guess r&d some people might call it but I don't know, you could argue there's a heap of permission say in that space is to go for it back in the other sort of part of the company yeah i do think it's the idea that we do want to see people doing things differently and it's okay if they don't work you know yeah. it's okay mm -hmm. like um and that ultimately then does get back to maybe it is okay to then say we want to see at least some things being tried and so mm -hmm. even if they don't result in the one metric going up the outcome mm -hmm. somehow being improved you do need a balance that need to saying some failures are going to be actually necessary we're mm -hmm. not doing enough like new ideas unless we are failing so and so i guess it's that balance between saying we do want to see quantitatively a certain number of things happening but ultimately, we need to be seeing things that are, you know, driving for, for you know, improved outcomes. And we at the, we had our angel conference just um, a month or so back. And one of the things that came out of that conference was that it's really important that we acknowledge exactly the point that Ben's making. Is if we are going to create this outsized value, there's going to be a lot of things that don't work. And you don't want to diminish for a minute that that's not going to smart, be really personally confronting. Mm. Failure is not nice. And so we're not saying that it's going to be easy, but we're saying it's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not going to smack you around the chops if it goes wrong. Yeah. And I think Ben's point is 100% right. You're not going to create innovation if you haven't made some bloops. And so that definitely, back to the KPI piece, mm. has to be one of the things you measure at. Measuring, you know, yeah. how many stuff ups have we made, and let's kind of yeah, have almost, it, yeah. yeah, interrogate them. What do we learn? You yeah. know. So what what is on like is okay to to have a KPI in innovation. It has to have a purpose. It has to be looking beyond itself. Yes. Um, but 
there is some value in looking at it almost like a sub-KPI in a way. Mm-hmm. There's some value in cre- creating those qualitative metrics around innovation, think, yeah, as a but not as an end goal. Mm-hmm. I think so, yeah. So I think, yeah, now thinking about those things you described, I think you could argue that you, you could start picking up little sort of, you know, I guess, numbers of different projects or initiatives as part of a sort of way of reflecting on whether or not there is stuff going on. But I think ultimately... They'll, they'll only happen if there is that sort of, you know, opportunity for people to, to, to go out and think a little bit outside the box. But yeah, I do agree that it isn't its own. It should be about how it's contributing to the goals of the business that, that you've, you've had in the last few years so as a director on a board. Innovation shouldn't be changing the things that you're trying to do. It should right. be helping, you know, you do them faster or, um, yeah, better. Nice. I think, I think we're getting to some sort of understanding of what that could look like, which is great. Um, I do want to go back to the question I said, which, uh, which I was fascinated by about what you brought up, Margaret, was how can boards allow those innovation channels from bottom up to, to get oxygen? Do you, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of what we've been talking about, um, you know, whether it's, it's, it's how do you kind of incentivize and measure the ability to experiment, to, you know, fail, to uh, have anyone come forward, to have multiple uh, prototypes going at one time. And so I think there's, there's that ability of the board to demonstrate that through leadership, through strategy, um, you know, through, through permission, wh- however you want to phrase it. Um, I think sometimes where it's most necessary to be facilitated is, you know, when you're talking about strategy, usually, you know, strategy kind of sits up here. And what does that mean in terms of the work that's happening on the ground? How do you connect those two things? And that's really through a culture, I mean, it's successfully through a culture of innovation, however you, uh, you know, quantify it. So I think it's really the board's responsibility to, to make sure that that culture is allowed to live. You know, we can call it oxygen, what have you. I think what happens is if the strategy is up here and, um, you know, the teams on the ground are trying to say this is how we can do it, but there's a top-down, no, you know, that's not the way, and it's this way. Um, so I think when there's not a, a, a enough empowerment of the, the, the people who are really working through these problems or trying to achieve the strategy in practice, um, then that's really problematic. So... I don't think I really answered your question very helpfully. I would leap off that because I think that's kind of what was coming out of that for me is um, this point that I made before about I want more startup kind of ethos and more conventional boards. And so in startups, sometimes um, governance does stray into management and management, you know, kind of injects and and comes to the board for insights and direction and support around how they're executing. And it is that just that constant sort of iteration and looking for ideas and looking for support and trying to figure out. And there is, you know, um, I love that whole notion that none of us all by ourselves are clever enough to, you know, make great change, Mm -hmm. to sort it out. And so, you know, making sure that the board has that kind of skill set and that opportunity to, to contribute Maybe yeah. at a quite a granular level, and that's where the whole notion of governance maybe needs to kind of be more flexible than it has been in the past. Yeah, um, context matters. Yeah, I think that whole like getting the board involved and traditionally they haven't, and in general, there's good reasons why you don't. Yeah, but 100%. I do think this whole how do you create the oxygen to mm-hmm. ideas? One is mm-hmm. yeah, the board could come up with some you know ideas every now and again that are like try this experiment, try that you know, mm-hmm. and on the flip side, the team. I think should be going to the board with here's some innovation successes or here's some innovation failures. And it would be great if some of the ideas the board have pushed through also be mm. part of that cycle. So there's also mm. like this idea mm. that 
to give oxygen to ideas, I think it needs to be important the board gets visibility, mm. yeah. sees successes and sees failures. Mm. So in other words, it's like a chance the board can sort of hear from. But then they can throw some things as well mm. to contribute to the mix to make it a bit more like a, I don't know, a team effort, if you like. But mm. yeah, your point around getting the board involved. But if the board doesn't want to get involved, at least they could be ears open to the successes and failures that are happening in this, like, try something new or innovation, whatever you mm. want to call it, space. But I think that will help. You know, those people feeling like I haven't got, you know, permission or there's no resourcing is like, well, no, that every month the board's looking for, you know, three ideas with a short video to be putting up them to them to, to, to sort of see what's going on. And I think that would allow the team to feel like there's, you know, desire, maybe mm-hmm. an incentive. Yeah. yeah and that their, their ideas or approaches are, are, are seen or heard, as you say, because sometimes, you know, there, there's, there could be a few layers of management between the sure. board and the work that's being done. Mm-hmm. And so I think, it, you know, I guess that's what I, I mean by getting the light has to go through, you know, mm-hmm. however many layers there yeah. are. Uh, and so if it, if, if, if it, if it does, if it stops, yeah. right, um, at the first layer of management, um, then that's, that's quite problematic. So I am just going to wrap up, but I'm going to ask you to wrap up asking you the question again, going back to the beginning, is innovation at a board level important but you have to give me an answer that doesn't use these three words permission empowerment or embolden because okay. we've said it far too many times so you've got to think of a quick a quick response to that question is innovation on a board level important I would say innovation is important throughout any organization, and that goes up through and down through the board. Perfect. Thank you, Suze. And yeah, I think it is because I'm a big believer in bringing joy to the world. And so innovation is, in my through my lens, is all about bringing joy. And that's not just the responsibility of management, but governance as well and no, board members, 100%. Absolutely. So yes, as well, innovation is important. And I think it's mostly important that people inside the organization feel like the board's on the lookout and has visibility on how innovation is um, successful in achieving the goals that they have. Ben, Suze, Margaret, thank you so much for your time coming on to the Creative Couch. We really appreciate it. Uh, That wraps up our third episode on demystifying innovation. Uh, The next episode, we'll be looking still on innovation, but we'll be looking at how did Gen Z understand innovation and how important is it to them?